They say that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, generally that's a true statement. But in this case, there really isn't much mind left in D. Scott's head anyway, so the only thing we're really wasting here is your time. Welcome inside the mind of D. Scott. Ladies and gentlemen, we are experiencing te technical difficulties. Please stand by. Welcome back. Episode 21, I believe it is, of Inside the Mind of D. Scott, which uh, that makes two episodes in a row. I've gotten the name right on the podcast. I get it wrong uh, at least every other week when I do one of these things. Uh, if you're listening, thank you. First of all, subscribe, follow, uh, suggest it to your friends, tell your friends to tell a friend, uh, call your aunts, uncles, grandparents, whomever it might be. I don't think your grandparents would be interested in this podcast, but you can tell them anyway. Uh, awesome guest today, uh, Marissa, who I have known for a number of years, depending on where you're listening, uh, you would know her from radio stations around here. If you're from the Boston area, you would know her from radio stations around there. If you're from Omaha, you would know her from a radio station around there. Um, did I miss anything? No, I almost want to be like Pitbull and be like worldwide, but I'm not. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're Mrs. 30518. Yeah, there you go. Something. So, <laughs> Something. First of all, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm all right. I'm talking to you from live from a garage because that was the only quiet place I could find. Uh, I'm currently with my parents. This whole pandemic thing has been a little, a little bit like my life is a snow globe, just like it is for a lot of people. So, right. you know, it's been a little, little shooken up and the pieces are... I would say they're falling into place, but they're not. Uh, they're kind of still floating around. I've got a bunny rabbit behind me. So just in case you start hearing something weird, that's not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, I, like, I, seriously, I'm in a garage. This is, this is like the weirdest way to do a podcast, but I'm, I'm here for it. So. What, what kind of noises do bunnies make? I don't think I've ever heard a bunny make a noise. Well, okay. So he, we just moved him in here because he was in the laundry room, which is attached to where I'm staying right now. And in the middle of the night, you either hear him uh, explode his bladder or you uh -huh. hear him go for water, which is like a hamster water thing. And okay. it's just like, I mean, it'll go for like 20 minutes <laughs> or maybe it just seems like 20 minutes because I'm trying to go back to sleep. I'm not sure. Right. That could be it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've noticed like now that I'm working from home for the office stuff, like uh, with the four cats that I have and one of their bowls is literally right next to the table I sit at. And all I hear all day long is the crunching of the food. And they somehow manage to eat like one piece at a time. Uh, my dog does that too. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like you have like no, it's not like they're picking it up and putting it in their mouth. They just pick out one morsel of food at a time. And then I hear them drinking. So it's like. Right. Yeah. They're just savoring every little ounce because they're not sure when it's going to happen again. So. <laughs> and I just kind of look, I'm like, guys, really, can you go away? Like, just stop. Because I have like that, if I can hear you eating thing. Yeah, no, I'm. Mm -mm. I can't I'm listen. The same to, way. I can't listen to people chew, and it turns out I can't listen to animals chew either. And I can't tell the animals, "Hey, chew with your mouth closed." You're so sensitive. <laughs> I am. Only to that. Only to that stuff. Anything else, except for like my one cat who follows me around all the time, will lay right next to me. I'll pet him because that's what he wants. And then he bites me. Yep. Just like for real though, not like a, not like a nibble, kind of like he bites me, like with the intent to hurt me. I'm like, 
Like, that's a real asshole move. Like you. No, my my guy's that way too. Cause I got I got the big cat. And um, actually, have you ever given yours catnip? Because I really hadn't until today. And oh. let me tell you, <laughs> he was high in like ten seconds flat. Like that didn't even take any time. He almost fell off the windowsill. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have, this is uh, things that happen during a pandemic. You just try been, everything. It's been years since I've given any of the cats any kind of like catnip. None of that. None of the cats at my house. Like years ago, when I had cats when I was younger, we would get catnip, and it was fantastic. One of the cats in the apartment that I lived with, the cat in the apartment that I lived with, whose name was Hobbs, um, he developed a habit that we all had in the house, uh, which was awesome because like we would all get together, like we'd be hanging out, watching TV. And he was an outdoor cat. It wasn't, it was my roommate's cat. So he just kind of came and went as he wanted, uh, which was fun. We lived in Troy. So every once in a while he'd bring us a mouse. So that was cool. <laughs> um, which could have been worse. We were in Troy. It could have been like a hypodermic needle. Could have or, been anything. Yeah. So, but he would literally come home every time we were in the living room doing what we were doing. Yeah. And he was just hoping you guys would like close every window and hot he would, box that He thing. would literally yeah. like, li he would sit in the circle, <laughs> like he would get in the circle with us, like jump up on the couch and like look at us like, all right, dude. Like, okay. My time. My, yeah, my like, turn. Bring it over here. He's like, blow that my way. And I looked at my, my roommate one day. I was like, Jim, your cat's got a problem. I was like, <laughs> Maybe he just liked hanging with the boys. Maybe it had nothing to do with what you were – it had everything to do with what you're doing. Yeah, it did, <laughs> oh because God. when we got done, he would leave. He would just <laughs> – he would, he would, Well, then he had the munchies, and now we we're back put, to the eating yeah, one morsel at a time. <laughs> he would, we would get, we would put it out or whatever, let it burn out. And he would literally look at us like, is that it? We're good. We good. All right. He'd hop down off the couch and let himself out the screen door out into the world. He went, I'm like, your cat doesn't really like us. He's using us clearly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, dude. I mean, you're, you are currently as we call on the beach. Is that yeah. what we're yeah, I've got a nine-month on-the-beach baby that has absolutely nothing to do with pregnancy and everything to do with not having a job currently. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> no, I've been, and I know you've been in that position, too, where it's like all of a sudden the job no longer exists and, yeah. you know, budgets are cut. And um, you've watched it happen to me now. Um, let's see. One, two, three. We'll call it five because I was actually about to get hired and then the pandemic hit. So that's kind of like, and then they had big cuts again. So like that, that job's no longer a thing. So um, yeah, so it's been, it's technically five times since tw the beginning of 2016. And like, I mean, I realize like every industry is suffering in some way, shape or form, but radio has been hurting for a really long time. Yep. So uh, this pandemic did not help it any. And just the conversations that I've had just to try to figure out my own like living situation and, you know, where I should be and whatever, it's just not looking very pretty right now. So right. yeah, it's just, that's why I said the pieces, the pieces of my snow globe are still up in the air. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> They're still floating around in that weird. <laughs> yeah. That weird stuff that's in that thing. Whatever that is. I, they, they're whatever. like, it's they're like, it's water. I'm like, ah, but is it, is it water? Like, it never evaporates. So what right. is it? So, yeah, this is not a, I mean, no time is really a good time to be out of work, but this is really a, really a tough time to 
kind of try to break back in too because of yeah. everybody dealing like at and people that don't realize with radio and or tv the advertising dollars is where we get our money from you know whether it be you know just for to, to turn the lights on you got to pay everybody's salary and then you know depending on where you work big brother gets a cut um advertising dollars are, are they're coming back but right now they're gone well i mean you got to think about it this way it's like every every industry suffered but every industry also has to come back before right. radio can bounce back. So, yes. and I'm, I'm well aware of that. I have common sense. I can, I can, <laughs> you know, see how everything is fitting back together. And I know that for me, I, I can be prideful on the audio that I have to present to people. So I know mm -hmm. I have a good demo package. I know I've, you know, left a, a really good uh, footprint everywhere I've been. Um, I've got a lot of amazing people who've been following me from the very beginning in 2004. Um, you know, when you say Omaha and you say Boston and like, I mean, I can't believe the impact that I've had in those mm -hmm. places because Omaha was like a 10 month thing for me. And I still have people that follow me now from there. Not a right. ton, but still the fact that like anybody remembers me is amazing. And then Boston, I actually just did a poll on my Instagram story like a week ago um, where I was like, where should I, even if I don't have radio, where should I live? And I put Boston and Albany. And I mean, I just assumed Albany would blow it out of the water and it was 50-50 split and hundreds of people participated. And I was just like, overwhelmed because i've only been in boston for it's going to be it would be three years in october and um you know i've always been told like it takes a really long time when you go to a huge city like that for people to know your name to even give two shits um to you know want to invest in you and i felt that like it happened almost immediately mm -hmm. um and i don't know what it is that i may have put out there or what they were feeling and how they got connected to me but it's it's been very heartwarming um and especially now during this time when you know the world is so weird um right. you know it's good to have that kind of support because you know if anything they're rallying for me and they want to see me succeed so it's just it's kind of given me that motivation to keep going so it's been nice you in boston you were doing country radio correct Country, and then um, when that budget cut happened, <laughs> oh. um, then I um, was doing a pop station, uh, Mix 104.1. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I, I was there for a few months before <laughs> everything happened. I was actually going to be starting another station part-time uh, when everything hit, and then we were told that we weren't allowed in the building. And I was like, oh, well, this will be like 30 days, and then I'll be back, and we're going to be fine. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now the one other... The one station I was supposed to start on actually flipped formats, so it's not even a thing anymore. And then um, <laughs> I was just talking to the one guy yesterday, and he's like, yeah, we might not actually be bringing part-timers back at all. I'm like, oh, well, cool. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, Great, thanks. I'll just be would... living and doing stuff in this garage. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, the impact could come country. How many country stations are there in Boston? I mean, two, maybe. I, I think we get another signal from like Rhode Island or something, but yeah. So, I mean, because I've touched country radio barely, uh, scratched mm -hmm. the surface in it. And I was on a station that was launching. So it was like, you know, even people gave less of a shit than, <laughs> right. you know, because were, we were brand new and we were coming into the Albany market where one station literally takes all the country listeners because they've been around for 30 Forever. plus years. Yeah. Um, 
but the one thing I have noticed with country listeners is they're, they are loyal. Yep. So if you're in, in, you're on a, uh, an established station, even if it is for a short period of time, those people will stick with you because the, the, the country listeners, the, like the core country listeners are extremely loyal listeners, which is pretty awesome because you don't get that a lot with radio, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying too, is like, I feel like I've been blessed in that way of, I feel like I've found no matter what format I've been on, I've found those people. I, I don't know how, but they, they're the ones that seem to gravitate towards me. And I love them almost probably as much as they love me. Actually, I'd right. probably say more, you know, because it's hard to get that. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's really cool. It's a really cool feeling to know that I can hop on the air for 10 seconds at a time and, and people, people embrace that and they mm -hmm. feel somehow, I don't know what I've done, but they feel like they're a part of my world. It's cool. Yeah. I, I've been on uh, radio in Albany for over 20 years. I'm pretty sure like seven people know who I am. <laughs> You're so old. <laughs> like I am, but it's no, like, like, oh my God. Like, People are like, wait, you're who? What? Although, I mean, I don't get it. Like, maybe I'm just not paying any attention and or just, I, I don't, I have no idea. I mean, people that I talk to are like, no, dude, I've heard you for years and people know who you are. Like, my friends are like, dude, everybody knows D. Scott. I'm like, where the fuck are those people? I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, because I've never, like, I've maybe met like four people in 20 years that are like, oh, I've heard you on the air. I'm like, Cool. What? I find that so hard to believe. I, you know what? Maybe it's, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's either I'm just not paying attention. That's probably or, it. I, I've known you long enough. That's probably it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, or I'm just like, I'm just not, yeah, that's probably what it is. I'm just so absent-minded that I don't think like whatever I do is what I do or what we do is what we do. Yeah. And once, like when I walk out the door, if I'm not working an event, I'm like, I don't want to be D Scott. Like, please leave me alone. Like, don't. Right. Because no, God forbid you don't like what I'm actually like when I'm not on the radio. <laughs> isn't, isn't that the truth? Oh, which, is a, which is a strong possibility. I'm like, <laughs> you're only getting me on the air, like, at best, if I'm talking up a Post Malone song, 30 seconds. Yep. Everything else is 10 seconds, 12 seconds, 15 seconds. I'm like, holy shit, I got 18 seconds. What am I going to say? <laughs> and, and for those who don't know, 18 seconds is a really long time. <laughs> that is an eternity. I'm like, when you I don't know what to say. That is such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, this is so much. I got so much time to fill. Although I think we get caught up in top 42 where everyone's like, well, we got to hit the post. I'm like, you really don't have to. If you don't have anything to say, yeah. stop talking. Like, yeah. And your shit, like, and your break. It's okay to not talk up 36 seconds into blinding lights by the weekend. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I think I've filled it a few times. The one time I did it, I was singing Aha, Take On Me over the weekend. <laughs> I don't it, know if you should admit that, should you? <laughs> I know. It was one of, I honestly, I think it was one of my proudest breaks I've ever done. And, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure five people got the reference that, and I had to send them that break and go, listen to this shit that I did today. <laughs> and it was like, I sent it to Joe Rosati, uh, yeah, Mike yeah. Patrick, Lou His Robert. birthday, Joe Rosati's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Yes, I think he's like 40. 
Yeah, which for some reason I thought he was like way older, but I think it's because he started in radio when he was like 10. So Yeah, yeah, no, he was Cuz I remember listening to him as a kid and it's not like he's way older than me. <laughs> One of the funniest things I ever did to Joe was he was doing nights on the station that we used to work for and um I was there hanging out. I was, I was just part-time at the time and I was hanging out with like um Mike Adams, this kid Mike Checknicki, all these part-timers that were there when I was still doing weekend stuff. And Joe was playing next episode from Dr. Dre. <laughs> yes. And I walked into the studio because he had it turned up. So I was singing the song, but I was not singing the radio edit. So of course. I, walk, I walk into the studio singing the normal version of the song. Joe, I've never seen someone panic so quickly thinking that he was playing the wrong cut on the CD. <laughs> I was gonna say, did he think the mic was on? But I think he's smart enough to realize that when the mic is on, the music you can't hear it. So right, no, he he was like, oh my god, am I playing the wrong cut? And he turned it down and looked, and I was like, what's going on, dude? No, I was just singing the song, bro. I'm like, I, <laughs> like those are the real words. I was like, that's all I was doing. He was like, I got nervous. I thought I had the wrong cut on. And then, I guess maybe you should look at that as a compliment that he thought you sounded like Dre. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I, I was like, so you really you could have had I a whole like, new career. I was like, dude, you think I sound like Nate Dog? This is great. It's like, <laughs> I should quit radio now and start singing the hooks on gangster rap songs. Exactly. Exactly. You could have you been really profitable. Um, Instead, oh, you chose radio. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> God. So much money in this business. And it all goes to like five people in it. It does. And they all work for my company. That's true. But it's not me. <laughs> oh god. And I'm sure they're all very most of them are very nice people. Uh Elvis Duran deserves every dollar he gets. He, he is, he's one that I continuously go back to and listen to different interviews that he's done. Because he's, I, I just I like I wish that when a celebrity would sit down with one of us that we could have the freedom that he does, hmm. but he has the freedom because he has the reputation. Mm -hmm. um i'm someone who kind of tried to build that reputation but i don't think it really mattered just maybe because of the market i was in i don't know but i mean <laughs> i i had an interview a week for a very long time i was setting them up like crazy i mean i was interviewing people like sean mendez and demi lovato and tori kelly right. and like i mean everybody that you could possibly think of and um you know i still had all the all the same uh things said to me that everybody else does that's not elvis duran <laughs> <laughs> You can't talk about this, 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 and this. And I hope you have her on a good day. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's always fun. Um, <laughs> I think, too, what it is, like, with him, A, he's been doing it for ages. I mean, that guy was, he's been in radio since the late yeah. 80s. Um, but he also has built the relationship with a lot of these artists when they're brand new and mm -hmm. and has maintained that. And so it's it's kind of like, he gets to know them as as a young up and coming artist and then he also has an opportunity being who he is to build that relationship because those people want to be a part of his life as much as you know what i mean and it's yeah Elvis well i mean if, so, if he spins a song like hundreds of stations get it across the country yeah. you know yep. so it's a totally different animal i get it which is outstanding considering all he needs is the one his actual home station and he'd mm -hmm. be fine but you know, um, <laughs> so but he's still 
all over the country. And he is a great human. I had the chance to meet him and do an event with him once. And it was probably one of the best experiences I've had with a radio personality that I didn't know next to Greg T. Greg T came up a couple of different times and did events with us. And he's legitimately out of his mind. Like, <laughs> like the character that he was on the show now, I mean, he's doing mornings on KTU now, but like the Greg T that's Greg. Like he got there and was like this ball of energy. And I'm like, fuck is happening. I'm like, <laughs> wow. But Elvis came up, did a toy drive with us, uh, brought toys from Toys R Us down in New York City, drove himself up. If I drove the car that Elvis drove, I would drive myself up too. <laughs> a very nice five series BMW that he was driving. Wow. Um, but he brought like two giant, two or three giant Toys R Us bags full of toys for the toy van drive that we did with him. And the first thing out of his mouth uh, after he asked who to give the toys to, because the circulation was cutting off in his fingers. He was like, what do you need me to do? And I'm like, you mean like hang banners? <laughs> what? He, goes, he goes, whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, you're the star today. These people are here to meet you. He's like, whoa, don't put that kind of pressure on me. I'm like, Elvis, these people did not come to see me. There was like 93 people at a car dealership waiting to meet Elvis Duran. I'm sure. So I was like, dude, this is pretty cool when was the last time you got 93 people at a car remote? Like, you know, so that was, but he was, he was very cool. He took the time with everybody, talked to them all. And it's probably one of the few times I've seen people wait to meet a, a radio personality. That was, and that was like the draw was a radio. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like you put me, you can post me up at Hannaford, like meet D Scott. They're going to walk in and get their turkey at Thanksgiving instead. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like, who's that guy? What are you here to, you, you here to take our cart? No, <laughs> that's okay. Never mind. So it was, he's, he's definitely good people, which is, which is why I never have a problem with everything that he gets. Yeah. Like, and he busts his ass. He's got a team of like 804 people on his show. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, but um, so now, aside from the radio thing, you do life coaching too. Yeah, I I uh, I started it kind of, I guess, at a perfect time, didn't I? Because um, <laughs> everybody, it was like the moment everything struck, everybody's mental health just like exploded. It was like, um, right. but so I, this is let's just rewind for a second because when I was still at the country station in Boston, I was in the Bahamas for a live broadcast. That was the very last thing I did. So I didn't know it was going to be the last thing I did. And I think that proves to you that it was totally a budget cut because you don't send the person that sucks to the Bahamas. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah. So I, uh, I'm on the flight back and I was reading that book, um, You're a Badass. And I was just totally inspired and I had read a few self-help books and I had been doing a lot of like self-care and, and healing over the last few years. And um, I just decided because I've, from the time I was like single digits and had no life experience, people always came to me for advice and I never really understood it. So like I was giving relationship advice before I was ever in a relationship. Um, always very odd. And uh, so then after um, I had a friend who I had a couple of friends who unfortunately took their own lives in the last few years. And it 
just, uh, you know, when it happened, I posted on my radio Facebook and I was just like, listen, I know you might feel like you're alone, but you truly are never, ever alone. If you mm -hmm. ever feel that way, I am literally a message away. I might not be able to respond in 30 seconds all the time, but if you are feeling a certain way, please hit me up. And I did, I had like five people hit me up. A couple of them I was really scared for because they were in a really, really bad mental place. And, you know, over the course of a year, I watched our conversations drastically change and watched them go to a really positive place. So, you know, with that influence and then reading these self-care books and doing my own healing, um, I just kind of was like, you know what, I really think I want to look into the life coaching thing and see what I have to do to, to make that happen and, you know, have a, a decent side gig is what I was looking at. And then I got back from the Bahamas and I mean, I was home for not even 24 hours and they were like, yeah, um, you're not going to be back on the air with us. Um, you, like nobody's going to be taking over your spot because um, right. I was doing nights at the time. And I mean, they literally go to music at night. Nobody comes on. Um, so it's really disappointing as a radio person because that's just like punch to the gut. But um, it gave me a lot of time to then go ahead and, and see what I had to do to make that happen. And it turns out you really don't need a whole lot. You really just need a lot of life experience. I did go online and I took a couple courses. So I have some like specialties that I know a little bit more about um, when it comes to like cognitive behavioral anxiety and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so I went and I, I mean, I built my own website. I came up with my own logo and name for it. And I just kind of posted about it. And um, I, I started officially the beginning of January. I have a handful of clients who are consistent on the regular, another handful who are just, you know, whenever they feel like they need it. And I've jumped on during the pandemic. I was telling you before, like my first Zoom was with a group of teachers because Obviously, they've been completely overwhelmed with the teaching from home and, and trying to learn new technology and all that, and um, parents emailing them frustrated and all that. So um, I, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. I talked to a group of realtors, too. Um, it's really just trying to like help them figure out ways to, I guess, lessen their anxiety, lessen their stress, and just kind of you know, get used to what is considered our new normal right now, which I absolutely hate that term, and I can't wait for it to go away. Um, but yeah, so it's called feelthishappy.com if anybody wants to check it out, but it's been, um, it's been a blessing for me because it's like, I get on the phone with the clients that I have and, you know, I'm letting them talk about their problems, but I'm, I'm able to like, you know, get kind of bounce off of them as well. So it's been, it's been mutually beneficial, um, you know, because I might be a certified life coach, I'm using air quotes, um, but uh, you know, it, it, I still get affected by stuff. Um, you know, I'm still human. So I, I might be able to help somebody else with their stuff, but it's, it's a lot easier to, to give the advice than necessarily to follow it all the time. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it, that's, I find that to be true quite a bit. And it's also, and, and I can see where it would be beneficial for you to, it gives you someone else, it gives you someone to talk to, first of all, which, yeah, which is good. And you, you know, you can kind of, you can be someone's um sounding board so to speak and at the same time in just through conversation end up helping yourself which is also yeah. extremely beneficial for you especially well, what, think about what we've all been craving it's human interaction you know it's 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 being around other people and you know some people have been completely isolated completely alone right um i would be if i had stayed in boston but instead i, I came home because my parents are in their 60s and both of them have lung issues and 
Nana's pushing 90 and same. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I could come home and do all the shopping and, and take care of whatever needed to be done. But, um, you know, if I was in Boston, I would be completely alone and in a packed apartment since I was about to move. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it would have been uh, miserable. But instead, I, I've had things to things like the life coaching to make me feel productive, too, which has been helpful, too. I, uh, I haven't craved any kind of personal connection with any kind of people. I've been so happy just to be not around people. <laughs> Everyone's well, like, it, is a, it is a blessing at times too. Everyone's <laughs> like, say that. How's this, you know, how's your quarantine going? I'm like, this is fucking great. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I'm like, I have nowhere to go. And I'm okay with that. Like I can't you go. Know, you know, what's also, here's what, here's the funny thing too. That's also amazing is that like, Sometimes I don't really, I get a little concerned because I don't want to bump into certain people when I'm home and it's very easy because it's a smaller area, obviously. And I grew up here, so I know like a million and a half people. Uh, but when you're wearing a mask, you don't recognize anybody. And it's <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. I love it. It's, it's like if you put glasses on, you're incognito. Nobody yeah. freaking knows. You're in disguise. So <laughs> I, was, I was at Target the other day with, uh, with Maddie. And we're walking around. We got our masks on. I'm wearing a hat and I know they, I ran into a guy I went to high school with and I was looking at him and I'm like, I was looking at him cause I thought I recognized him. And he looked at me. He was like, what's up, man. I was like, Hey, how you doing? And that was kind of it. And I'm like, okay, that was Matt from school. Uh, and he has no idea who I am. So cool. And, like, <laughs> and I didn't, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I was like 98% sure that it was this dude. And I'm like, I don't want to be like, wrong because that's embarrassing they're like matt i think you're matt are those your eyes i can't yeah. tell i'm like are you you're matt right no cool have a good day sir like <laughs> but and, and now and that's the other thing too is even like with things starting to open back up and like today um i had both my girls over to go swimming and before my older one robin got there she's like maddie's like we got to go get pool stuff so we go to target and we're driving past the mall and she's like I can't wait for the malls to be open. I'm like, I can, like, I really, really can. Because now that she's, she'll be a teenager next month, uh, which is Jesus Christ soon. Cause today's June 23rd. So July 19th, she, she turns 13 and it's like, she's at that age where can we go to the mall and walk around? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Cause we're not doing anything else when she's at the house. Unless she goes in, she goes in a room and FaceTime her friends for like seven hours. Then she comes out. I'm like, oh, you coming out to hang out with me? No, I got to pee. Okay. <laughs> cool. Thanks. So, you know, it gives us something to do to walk around the mall. But I don't like, I hate walking around the mall because uh, it leads to me spending money that I don't That's really true. necessarily have. And I'm like, yo, if we're going to the mall for like to look at stuff for you, I was like, we're going to Foot Locker, we're going to Champs, we're going to look at sneakers. The problem is, is if I feel I have enough money and can afford a $100 pair of sneakers, $150, I'm walking out of the mall with $100, $150. (laughs) And then Maddie will look at me and go, like, I'll be, she'll know I'm thinking about it. She'll go, you should do it, daddy, because you deserve it. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. But I don't really have that. Like, I could think of a million other things I could do with $150. She's Plus, just waiting for the next store to go in so she can, you know, say, well, yeah. I need this $15 top dad. You just spent $150 on yourself. This is very true. Usually when she does say it to me, though, I'd already bought her like four or five different things. <laughs> like, well, you, 
you got me stuff, so you should get something too. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I can think of a lot of other things, $150. Fuck it, I'll buy sneakers. Like, <laughs> that's, and now I've gotten to the point where like I'm getting um, like codes from Foot Locker and all this saving. Oh God, I know. Discount codes. And I'm like, hell yes, I will pay $85 for the pair of Air Max with a fucking, with a discount. Yes, I will. And next thing you know, I got like four pairs of sneakers showing up at my house and people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, and now I got oh, a bunch I of sneakers. Oh yeah, I got a bunch <laughs> of sneakers now. And when we can finally go do shit, I got a bunch of brand new sneakers I can wear. Exactly. As of right now, I leave the house to come to work and I go back home. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know why I'm wearing anything right now. You, you, well, you can see me, thankfully. Uh, so maybe that's why. Uh, <laughs> But but otherwise, like I've been walking around in leggings and like the same tank top for weeks because why change? <laughs> yeah, no, I listen, I've come to work the past four days with the same t-shirt on. And I'm like, if anyone sees me, like, Did, didn't you just wear that? I'm like, yeah, to get in the car, come to work, do my show and go home. Right. That was it. Like, I wore the shirt for 25 minutes. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, pandemic and times. And for those of you that are listening and go, wait, how did you do a show in 25 minutes? Uh, I voice track my show. I'm not live when I'm on the radio. so it only... You're not supposed to tell people that, D. Too late now. Right, what the hell? I mean. I mean, you sound live. That's what we're going for. You know, nobody I know. can. I've had people. I have people that are in this business go, are you live? And I'm like, dude, you know I'm not live. We've had I had. Um... I had an experience like that. So that other country station you were talking about earlier that's in the market, um, <laughs> I had just started there. I, I also, by the way, I refuse to mention them by name even when I can because they don't deserve it. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I was just starting there and we were in the, the SPAC season, mm -hmm. I had to be up to SPAC to do stuff for the live broadcast that was going to happen at like two o'clock. Well, my show went till two, I think. Um, it's been a while. I can't remember. Um, but I did a, I did like a whole request hour, like at noon or at no, now it's all coming back at two. I did it. Okay. <laughs> so my show was still three. Now I remember. Um, so I would do like this, like two o'clock pick me up thing and people would call in and request songs. And I got all the requests early mm. and I had phone calls that I had for that already. And I just recorded it all. And I remember standing there and one of the record reps who was there for one of the artists was saying to my boss, like, hey, your new midday girl sounds fantastic. I was listening on the way and he's like, she's right there. And he was like, shut up. I thought she was live. And I was like, yeah, that's just, uh, that's called professionalism. Um, right. <laughs> so that's, that's like the best compliment ever. Like that's what we're supposed to do. Like, exactly. <laughs> that's why... That's why when we do it, like, that's the idea behind all of it. And uh, it was funny because I was actually having a conversation today with somebody. I came in early um, to do some stuff here. And by early, I mean, like, I had today off. I had yesterday and today off. And uh, it was like nine, nine o'clock in the morning. So the morning shows were still here, which was cool because I haven't seen anybody in fucking forever. Like, I get to work at 530 and there's like two news people here and <laughs> crew. Um, so we were talking and he was like, you know, at this point, do people really care if your voice track? And I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I, 
I don't know. It's such a weird time to be in radio, I feel like, just because, you know, it, it keeps yeah. getting smaller and smaller and, and stuff like that. So I don't just... I don't think there's a single one of us that want it to be that way. Uh, yeah. That want it to be everything tracked. Uh, it's it's kind of the way that it's going. I think if you, you were to poll everyone that has to do what they do at this point, they would prefer, they, I, I would like to do it live, but at this point I'm doing nights. Like, do I want to be at the station till midnight every night? Not, no, I got a It family. is a weird way to live. I know that. Yeah. And on top, but I, you know, with the family and everything, like seeing yeah. my kids, like, no, I don't want to be here every night. I'd never see my children. So, well, at least when they go to school if that ever becomes a thing. <laughs> um, so for me to be able to come in and, and bang, or even like when we're in the office, I bang my show out of my lunch. So come 5.30, end of the day, the off, you know, off I go, go home. Um, but it's an, it, it, I think it gets lost a lot of times where people don't realize that radio is a form of entertainment. So I think one of the things that I was told a while back was, Dude, people know that David Letterman, that's how long ago it was. David Letterman was still on TV. <laughs> uh, you know, people know that The Tonight Show is not filmed in Niskayuna, where the CBS 6 building is. Right. People still watch it on Channel 6. And I'm like, I get it. You know, and it, because, because of the company, we deal with the, you know, the other people that are like, well, we're live and we're local. I'm like, well, first of all, you're not live all the time anymore, so you're fucking lying. Yep. And no one cares if you're local. Our money is local too, and that's I've had that I've had to like really let some people know. Everybody that works here works here. Like we work here, our money is here. We're I, I look around the building. I got Jamie Roberts. She's been in this market since forever. Mike Patrick, Shadow Stevens. Shadow Michaels, excuse me, brother Lou Roberts, uh, Chuck and Kelly. Well, now it's Randy McCartan and on the river. I'm like everybody here is in the capital region. All our money is all local money. Yep. We're just overseen by a much larger company than some of the other clusters in this market. And I'm like, I'm just I'm just as local as you are. As a matter of fact, probably more local because I've been alive longer than you are. <laughs> And I'm like, and I, I haven't gone anywhere. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I do Sundays in New Haven from this studio. Right. Like, but other than that, and the, the few shifts that I've done down in Poughkeepsie, I'm like, yeah, you're not going to find, other than Brian, I'm not going to say his last name, but I interned for him at one point. Yep. He's one of the few people that have been on the radio around here longer than me. Full, like, on the radio, on the radio, like not converting over to news and, and it's not to take anything away from my friends in the newsroom, but he's, you know, but, and I mean, he, you know, in the alley, but I'm like, I, I hate that shit. I, it, that drives me nuts. And it's not because I work here. I'm just like money is the, the money being spent here is being spent here by local companies <clears throat> and it's staying local. Most of it, like it's all going back right into the community. Yeah. If anything, they should be, probably more focused on the fact that it's like not live but again they're not necessarily live anymore either so right and i'm like yeah. but really they need to focus on themselves that's how you win but what do i know i've been laid off now five times so <laughs> ah, that's that's you're doing just fine it's fucking that's radio. <laughs> just fine 
That's you're doing good. You're, you're right on. I got pandemic money, bro. I'm I'm rolling in it. What? <laughs> but you're right on course. That seems like the typical radio fucking it life. Is. It just totally kind of, is. What happened? I got laid off again. I I got <laughs> let go. I got let go from here, and I think it was three weeks after I was um, told by you know sorry you gotta go. Um, <laughs> I got a I got a text or oh, I got a phone call from the PD. He goes, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know you hit your bonus." I'm like, <laughs> I did. He goes, "Yeah, numbers. The book came out today. You were number two, eighteen to thirty-four." I'm like, <laughs> "Sweet." So I got a bonus, and then I and let was, go. Yeah, and listen, I and I and I don't want it to sound like I never really uh, harbored any ill will towards what happened with that. Cause I understand the nature of this, this, this beast. And I was just like, it's just kind of humorous that I was the number two most listened to jock in our demo. And I was sitting on my couch. Yeah. Going, uh, dude, I know that feeling. <laughs> when, when the, way, I'm... the bonus was a, a great help. Like, I mean, but oh, yeah. I got, when I got let go, I got severance too. So I really, for three months just continued to get paid. Yeah. No, that's, that's me with this pandemic. They're great. Yeah, it's it's been okay. It's been okay. It's not it's not been the worst thing in the world. I'll tell you that. When the pandemic is over, and then you're gonna go fuck though. I need. Well, I mean, my unemployment runs out prior to that. Uh, It runs out rather soon. So that's I've been getting all of my ducks in a row, uh, trying to figure out exactly what needs to happen and when. And I just know that I'm gonna need to do something monetarily uh, by mid August. So it's coming. (laughs) <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, you got you got a, a, a good like two months to plan yeah. a bank robbery. You, you could plan a bank robbery. Yeah, plan a, a hell of a heist. You know, work at Stewart's. I mean, I don't know. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't. Well, yeah, you're gonna get more money. I think you get more money if you rob a bank than you will if you work Probably. at Stewart's. Um, but if you work at Stewart's, you have less time. You have you're less likely to go to prison and eat a lot of ice cream. So. That too. Sounds, yeah. sounds like a win-win. I don't know. You can eat those fancy flesh-toned hot dogs that they have at Stewart's. I'm, I'm going to let you only talk about that and not me. <laughs> so, when I used to deliver drywall eons ago, one of our drivers, who has actually since passed, um, he used to love going to Stewart's. He's like, dude, the hot dogs are good. I'm like, yeah, the hot dogs are steamed, dude. They're like green. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. I was like, can we go somewhere else for lunch? Can you go to a Stewart's that's got a McDonald's nearby or something? Because I'm not getting two of those hot dogs. It looks like someone's finger. So, yeah, but he used to love them. Like, dude, you just throw some chili on there. I'm like, you better throw a lot of shit on there, man. I'm not <laughs> going to cook. Steamed hot dogs are not the way to – there was not – it was just not appetizing to look at. Um, Is there a possibility – I mean – Granted, I understand that you would probably still enjoy doing this radio thing. Um, is there a possibility of making the life coaching thing more of a career thing? Um, I I started it thinking that that very well could be a possibility. Um, the the things that I had in mind to to kind of grow it were to have like events and mm-hmm. and you know speaking engagements and stuff and. 
well, the way of the world at the moment, that doesn't seem like that's a possibility. Um, not now. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure. I've got a lot of like different ideas in my brain of ways to, to stay relevant in radio, um, to stay on top of the life coaching game. Um, I somehow started a, a painting business while I've been in this pandemic. I just started painting kind of as a hobby like a couple months ago, posting some stuff on my social and people started requesting customs. So, uh, so I've got that too. Um, so like I have some money coming in, it's not like a ton, but, um, you know, when it comes to future, I'm, I'm really just kind of pushing for radio in whatever way I can. And mm -hmm. cause obviously that's what I, I have been successful at thus far 15 years in. Um, it's, it's not the easiest thing to kind of launch, uh, anything else without having some sort of stability to help back you up at all. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, play it all by ear. It, the only way to stay sane throughout all of this is really take it 24 hours at a time, mm -hmm. sort of like I'm leaving rehab, uh, and just make sure that I am, I'm not focused on too much ahead of me because that's when you start getting very anxious and panicked about stuff that you don't have any control over. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just, I don't want to be in that place. I was in that place for a minute and I, it, and not during this, but you know, a while ago. And it's just, it's, it sucks always having that anxious stomach. Um, yes. It does not feel good. So uh, no. yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give anybody if, who's listening right now uh, is just basically like, especially during this time, do not try to think like, what's going to happen when this, once this pandemic's done? Like, what am I going to do? Like, just focus on tomorrow or yeah. focus on like the hour in front of you. I, uh, it was a while back. I mean, I've, I've dealt with the, the overthinking, the overanalyzing and the, uh, the, the, the wonderful nervous stomach for a while, especially after like the second marriage went bye-bye. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but uh, I, I, once I got that all under control, which I kind of did, it was, that was weird. Cause all of a sudden it was like, I woke up one day and I was like, all right, I'm good. And it was like, it just kind of gone away. I was like, I, I guess it, that maybe that was my healing period was done. Yeah. What I heard, uh, it was actually a clip sent to me of a Navy SEAL talking about what hell week was like. And he's actually a trainer now. Uh, for people who are trying to become Navy SEALs and he was you know where they go X amount of days with very limited sleep and you know you, you're you're pushing every your body to the extreme on and pretty much mentally physically everything and he's like I tell these people all the time you don't you're not thinking on Monday when you're starting okay I just got to get to Saturday he's like you take it meet at meal at a time because we have to feed you He's like, so you take it as, all right, I got through, I just got to make it three hours and I can eat, you know, and I can get a little bit of rest because we get a break or I got to make it. So it, it's really breaking it down and, and kind of shortening your sight as opposed to always looking off into the distant future. You kind of, you're looking more into the immediate, like I just got to make it three hours yep. and I get to do a thing. And it, it was funny when we started with the pandemic thing. And people were reaching out to me, like, how are you holding up? How are you holding up? And I was like, okay, I'm not, first of all, I'm not like that mentally unstable. Um, that, well, I mean, I am, but not in that sense. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, I'm good. I was like, I learned a long time ago to start taking it. What, just take, you know, things 
Monday, Tuesday. I'm not thinking, Jesus Christ, I got Thursday, I got to do X, Y, Z. I'm like, I just got to get through the end of the workday and I and just sit here. So they're like, well, that's good. I'm like, yeah, you should probably try it too. Like, you right. know, I, was, I, I had to, especially now with my mother um, dealing with my stepfather passing away a week ago today, where she's like, she's got all first of all she's got a whole bunch of other shit going on now that she's like oh my god there's so much to do and i was like yeah because they have to get everything lined up with insure health insurance and going to sign the death certificate and this and that and the other thing and then she's like well what about this what and i'm like ma slow down i'm like it's it it's humorous when you have to give your mom a lecture because <laughs> that's usually her job to me right uh, and she's like like we were, and it was on the phone. I can't do it on text. Texting my mother is, and she's listening. I'm telling you right now. As we're speaking <laughs> about this, she, she, she religiously listens to all of my podcasts, which scares the shit out of me. Yeah, well, listen, that's mom's job, though. Yeah, but some of the people that I talk to on this podcast and the stuff <laughs> that we talk about, I'm like, well, thank God I was, you know, 14 when that happened, and now I'm not. <laughs> But, you know, and, but texting with my mom is so difficult because like, she has like a thousand thoughts going at once. So she'll text me and go, how are you? And as I'm responding to that and I hit send, she's already got another like text typed out and hit send at the same time as I do. And she's on to the next topic. I'm like, this conversation sucks. I'm like, <laughs> because like, in, a, in a normal conversation, if you and I were texting or messaging or whatever, like there's a flow to it. So like you say something, then I say something kind of like along the same lot, like it's all in the same responding. Topic. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a back and forth, like, like a conversation. My mom is just like throwing out fucking topics. I'm like, it's like playing darts. My it's mom like, sends texts like their emails. Oh yeah. No, my mom can't. Cause she wears boxing gloves when she texts. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, I've literally just like, just written back to her, what? Because, <laughs> and then she, and she texts my, my girls too. So they're like, Bob, she texts me. I didn't understand what she was talking about. I'm like, yeah, I know. She just, it, she's, God, she's like, she's older. Technology is different. Yeah. And I'm like, ma, I don't know what these words are. Cause they're just like X, Q, P, L, R, F, Z. Like, she was I just can't... saying letters in the final round of Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that's what it's kind of like. But and then they're broken down into words. And I'm like, these aren't even words. They're just random letters, like five of them in a row, space, four of them, space, five of them. I'm like, those aren't words. You just texted me. I'm like, I need a mom to text, like, code, decoder ring. I need, like, I need a decoder <laughs> ring from a Christmas carol or Christmas story. You know, I think maybe she's telling me to drink my Ovaltine. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, the the one day at a time is definitely a uh, a great way to keep people sane, I think, through all of this weird shit that's going on. The, the one other thing that people were having a hard time with um, was just trying to transition to working from home mm -hmm. because most, obviously, most people had to do that. And what people were not doing and not even thinking about doing was scheduling out their day. And 
it was just all of a sudden the biggest clusterfuck that they've ever experienced because it was like you go from working eight hours in the office to working 24 seven and you don't know how to shut it off and you don't know when you're supposed to start and stop and whatever. And, um, you know, once, once you put some sort of routine in place, it's like, whoa, okay, this can work. Like, this is how life's supposed to be. Like, we all of a sudden forgot that every day is a routine, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's even for me with not having, um, you know, a solid job, one, one thing, uh, I've kind of learned to schedule out my days just so I know what I'm doing. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, I'm going to just feel like I'm going to lounge and binge and watch Netflix and eat crappy food and gain that quarantine 15 that I, I don't want to do. <laughs> Literally just sounds like what I do every day. <laughs> but you have a job, so there's that. I know, but my job is a lot of waiting involved. Um, yes. You know, cause I, and it's funny, I've talked about this on other episodes. Because of what I do, I have to wait on other people to do what they have to do to get me the information so that I can process it, schedule it, make sure things run correctly. Well, when you're in the office, you have to make it look like you're doing shit. Because mm -hmm. people are looking. Nobody's watching at home. Like, D, how's it going? I'm like, great, because salesmen X, Y, and Z are taking their time waiting on a client in between me scheduling shit and doing revisions, and if nothing's happening, I'm playing Call of Duty on my couch. Like I was gonna say, like Netflix is asking if I'm still watching, so right. that should tell that should tell you how my day's going. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, this doesn't suck. Like, it's not awful. Would I like Would I like to come in and I say that I don't like human interaction. I do enjoy the people that work in the building here, so it sucks not seeing them. But at the same time, like I said, like. When I'm at the, I'm at my desk. I'm like, uh, do I need to make it look like I'm doing? Well, although it's weird though, because my boss doesn't work in this building. My department <laughs> is the boss of my department is in North Carolina, so I'm just kind of like doing stuff. Right. My work is done, which is I think really all they really ask for is like, is your shit done? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm not gonna find other stuff to do. I'm not gonna start asking to help with projects that I don't want to be involved in. Not that I don't want to. I just no, don't that's how you get in trouble. Yeah. And or I end up screwing something up and I'd be like, I didn't want to do this shit in the first place. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you went and asked me to help with something. I helped. I didn't know what I was doing. My bad. Whoops. Yeah. Hey, listen, I didn't mean to cost us fifty thousand dollars, but <laughs> apparently I did. Uh we had an issue with that because we have a guy <laughs> that works here he actually works for the new york city cluster and he just happens to live up here with his wife his wife works for a different radio <laughs> cluster different company um so he works up here and he was telling me one day about a mistake that was made down the, on one of their state like what they ran the wrong commercials okay. like out, outdated spots or something like that and it was like $500,000 and I'm like Eesh. what like I'm like you got to make good $500,000 <laughs> like, holy <laughs> Christ but like the equivalent up here would be like a $50,000 mistake yeah but that's the difference between Albany and New York City and it is one of our major like we have a really well, we had 
I think we still do a really good relationship, but it was the agency that was yeah. the problem. Like the client and the company are cool. So did anybody get in trouble in that? Because I, I just feel like in Albany, somebody would have instantly been fired. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, because I don't know. I don't, th I don't think so. I'm not, I, I'm not sure. I never really like went back to ask like who's in trouble type thing. Right. Um, because I'm not, I don't remember what, if it was the wrong spot or that like the ISCI code that, which if you're listening and it's, don't worry about it if you don't know what an ISCI code is because you, you don't need to. Um, like there was like one number off or something. It was really right. like a minor thing. And they were just basically looking for like a, like credit type thing. I'm like, that's a I gotcha. lot. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of credit to have to give. <laughs> and, and the issue that I had with it, not that I had any say and anyone cared about me and what I had to say, because why would they? Um, <laughs> was the fact that the relationship, the, the client and the relationship that we have with them down in New York uh, they are getting a lot of mentions that are, are becoming nationwide because of who's mentioning them. Right. Yes. So it was like, I'm like, that's kind of ballsy. Cause I'm, I'm like, I feel like they get a lot of free advertising. Yeah. But he was like, it's the agency. It's not the client. And I'm like, that makes more sense. So. Yeah. That's usually that's usually the issue. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love agents. I'm waiting on the, I get that email a lot. I'm waiting on the agency. I'm like, well, can you tell them to hurry to fuck up? Cause we have deadlines. Like, exactly. Like we have them for a reason. And it's, I spent a lot of the day like hounding my salespeople, which I feel bad. And I never really thought I was OCD until I started doing this job. And now I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, but I don't, because I'm the middleman to the middleman, there's other people waiting to do their shit before, you know, after I yeah. do. Yeah. And I've like, especially with one of my, my Rochester market, I've gotten to know the production director very well out there. And is a friend of mine, he's the guy that voices the intro for my podcast. Um, and he's also a voice. I've mentioned this a bunch of times. He's the, he's one of the voices from family guy. I told, I think I told you, I think I, who, who which does he voice? He did winky in the butt. Oh my God! Yes, he was. Uh, he was the main dude. He was the one that mean no funny. He, he voiced yeah. that character, uh, which I and I've I've said this. Before. I get it wrong. I don't know if he was Winky or the Butt. I don't remember, but he was the he was. I think he was the Butt. <laughs> uh, that that's that's great. That that's what he's known for, being the Butt. But you would never know. Like I worked with the guy for like eight months until, and then someone was like, did you know that Joe LaMonica voiced something for, uh, for family guy? And I'm like, no, I didn't. What did he do? <laughs> and then they explained it to me and I knew the episode I was, and I was not a family. like, I'm not an avid family guy watcher, but I knew that episode because it was like people in radio. Know it was radio. Episode. Yeah, of course. It's like, you got to see this because that's your typical morning zoo bullshit. Yeah. So I watched it and I was like, I'm like, holy shit, that's Joe. I called him like immediately. I'm like, hey man, you never thought to tell me that you were like a character on Family Guy? He goes, yeah, I just kind of like let people figure that out and then, you know, bring it up to me. I don't bring it up. I'm like, <laughs> fair enough. Um, so he explained it to me. He actually 
used to book Seth McFarlane on a show before Seth had really taken off with Family Guy. And Seth actually wrote the part specifically for Joe. Uh, I was like, that's pretty awesome. And I was yeah. like, and then when you listen to it, like you hear his voice and then you listen to the character and you're like, ah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yep, that's, that's Joe. I don't, if I had, I would have never known it had you not told me, but now I hear it. And I was like, that guy voices the intro for my podcast. <laughs> and that's cool that Seth MacFarlane took care of his people. It's it, always nice yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And it was, and it was something that was just kind of like, I don't know how great of a relationship they had, but Seth basically told Joe, I, I came up with this idea, thought of you and wrote this part specifically for you. I was like, that's really cool. I was like, and now you're you know, and you're a production director for Rochester. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but he's been with us for, he's been with the company for quite a long time. Um, and he works, he does like an hour news segment on their AM talk station, which he's funny. Cause he's like, dude, I got to go read news. I'm like, do you like look at it? He goes, no, no, no. I just go in there and read it. I'm like, you do an hour of radio, just rip and read the entire thing. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yep. That's something I couldn't do. My dyslexia would just be like uh, saying, saying wrong names and wrong things all over the place. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you don't even look at it? Dude, it takes me like fucking 30 tries just to read a 15 second script right. right. <laughs> oh God. So I, I'd get in there and I'd be like, you would, the stories would be great because I would read really slow. It was never that kid like in class when we had to like read out loud. Like, I was in the slow reading group in second grade. I keep telling my mom that she doesn't believe me. I'm like, that's probably why they, I was in that because of dyslexia, but they just didn't know I had dyslexia. Now well, yeah, we all I mean, know. <laughs> that would be a problem. Like, that's, I just can't read. I mean, I can read, but I'm, I'm literate. I just don't read great. Like I don't read well. Like I'm, I'm fully capable of reading, but when you I don't have to, to defend yourself to me, <laughs> like, like, that's like when we go do events down in like the city and like down in Albany and stuff, they're like, all right, here's your script. I'm like, I need it. I don't want to fuck. I got to read this. Yeah, right. I'm like, can we get someone else to read that shit and just let me go out there and like hype the crowd up? Can I just have bullet points, please? Yeah. I'll make it my own, I promise. <laughs> I said, I, we did one, I think it was last year. It had to be last year. Live at Five's not happening this year. We had Travi McCoy at a live at Five, at live at five which was awesome, by the way, because uh, I've had the chance to interview him. He, he made a, a surprise appearance. <sighs> at a fallout boy or maroon five concert one year and like you know they were like hey do you want to go up to SPAC and interview travi today and i was like okay so like or tomorrow i had some notice barely and it was like i put it out on my facebook or something and my buddy goes yo ask him if he remembers recording songs in my uh my my bathroom in my apartment in gilderland and i'm like okay so I like messaged him. I was like, you want to explain that shit to me? So it makes sense. Like, so when I say something to him, it's, he's not like, what the fuck? <laughs> so before we started doing the interview, I was chatting with him and it was like, Hey, you know, PJ cats. And he just looks at me. He goes, how the fuck do you know PJ cats? I'm like, he graduated high school a year before me. I was like, I used to play basketball with him all the time. I was like, I know him. I know this guy, this guy, this guy. He just looked at me, and the interview was great after that. Yeah. So, but then they came back and I was talking with him 
like hype, you know, just promoting the live at five thing. And I was like, when he got on the phone, I was like, dude, I'm the guy that knows PJ Katz. Oh shit, man. How you been? I was like, <laughs> Wonderful. And I was like, we got pictures when we got down there. He's like, here, hold me. So I'm like cradling him <laughs> like a baby. Uh, he's a fucking enormous man. Like, he is really, like, really tall. He's like six, eight. I'm like, he's so tall. I was like, dude, if I drop you, I'm sorry. And good luck performing. Like it, when it, <laughs> so, but he's, That's hilarious. He, he's a lot. He was, he was a lot of fun and I'm not sure where the fuck I was going with that. It's fine. I, I've had a lot of um, like uh, like stories like that with certain people, like certain artists that have come through. I remember um, we had Shaggy at the one summer concert, and then I drove to Poughkeepsie for like the next day because they had their summer concert, and mm -hmm. he was there too. And we had hung out at our show, so then I, I roll up to the meet and greet, and there he is. I go, hi, and he was just like, oh, my baby doll, whatever, like whatever, and like, <laughs> Next thing I know, I have this whole photo series, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Shaggy's obsessed with me, and I'm okay with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, but yeah, certain people were pretty. Like, I don't, I don't think I've had really any super bad experiences. There's just been like two that I always tell people because the one is like, I'm sure you could even guess the one, one dude that I've been encountered with, singer songwriter. That is just a giant douche. Want to guess? Are his initials JM? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else should be able to figure that out. <laughs> but yeah, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I met him a second time, and he was worse. And I was like, wow, I thought maybe he just had a bad day, but no, that's just him. Cool. That sucks, because yeah. I, I was a huge fan, too. And it's been like probably 10 years. So I've got gotten back to at least listening to some of his music without cringing. Um, Listen, but it did take a while. The, I want to run through the halls of my high school and scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> but probably not going to do that. Oh, no. Best part about when he came out is um, nobody told us how to pronounce his name. Okay. And we all know it now. Mm -hmm. but it, his last name and there's a specific bologna slash hot dog company mm -hmm. yeah they've got their own wiener mobile right well yeah. how do you pronounce that brand oh well i i know how right that's not how he pronounces his last name and they're spelled the same way so for like a week <laughs> and a half he was uh he was meyer yeah <laughs> well he like, deserves it. <laughs> like, that's not his name. I'm like, you don't think you could have let us know that, like, prior? Mr. Like, Trump ever? Director? Like, some sort of phonetic something? I don't know who this guy is. Nobody knew who he was at the time. Um, thankfully, I've only had very limited uh, shitty experiences with, um, like, with interviews. I, I interviewed, um, uh, uh, do I want to? throw up his name out there uh he's his his name is 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 the sunshine state broken in half aha uh -huh. oh my god dude i was just thinking about him because that was the other sort of weird experience he had a huge entourage he was just i i had him on the phone and 
He was not promoting anything. He had an ener- like a, a vitamin water coming out. And like, it was like pulling teeth to talk to him. Yeah. It, and it was like, we're not, we weren't necessarily talking about music or anything like that. So we wanted, we wanted to talk about that. I'm like, how much time do you think I can talk about fucking water, dude? <laughs> <laughs> There's a thousand other vitamin waters out there. What makes yours different? Does it taste like rainbow piss? Unicorn piss? Unicorn piss? Rainbow piss isn't a thing. Sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. Is unicorn piss a thing? (laughs) It's more believable than rainbow piss. I mean, (laughs) I I guess so. If if a unicorn existed, it would have to urinate, I'm assuming. (laughs) So so there was was that, and I I interviewed Eddie Izzard, and I have no problem blowing his spot up because he was a giant douche. he and I, it was a he's a comedian so i was expecting yeah it was not that kind of thing and he was doing some other like it was like a i don't even know what he was doing like i'm like you're not doing stand up shit it's not a stand up show like spoken word like what are you reading slam poetry or whatever but i think it there was it was just weird because he's british and he's actually just not really that funny outside of being on stage so I was that's like, most comedians that I've realized, like most yeah. comedians in interviews, um, unless they're on a show, so they put on a show, mm-hmm. you know, if they're on, if they're on, you know, with Jimmy Fallon, they're going to be on. But when they're in an interview where you don't see them and it's just audio, they most of the time sound miserable. Yeah, and well. like, I mean, I, I just, I've done so many of them and I've, I've even like tried to intertwine things from some of their bits just to like get something going and like you know bringing up somebody's kids like you do you do the whole thing about your kids and like you got nothing it's <laughs> like cool cricket cricket well this is fun um all right well have fun at your show uh <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh i've had the only actually i think the only two stand-ups i've really done um were chris tucker and jim brewer and they were both awesome and I was so thankful for that and you Uh, got so lucky (laughs) Tucker I was worried I was worried with Chris and it turned out like we did this whole interview promoting his show at the palace and it was like but I mean I had a blast talking to him and then the show got canceled oh god I remember that actually but I was like I got to I got to talk to Chris Tucker I was a you know one of my literally till this day one of my favorite movies is Friday um I and I was nervous because I had him wicked early, like 9.30, 9.45. And I'm like, fuck me, dude, what are we getting ourselves into? So the hotline rings. His manager is like, is this D? He's like, it is. He's like, all right, uh, I'm going to put you on with Chris. I'm like, all right. I wait a second. Hey, what's up, D? What yeah. you doing, D? He's like, what up, man? And I'm like, yes. I was like, I got smoky. Thank God. <laughs> and and we just went, I mean, like, I'm, I think maybe we talked about his show for like a hot second, but we talked about filming Friday and just the fun that they had on the set. We talked about, this was before Rush Hour 3 had even come out. So yeah. we were talking about the possibility of that happening. And he was like, you know, we're, I would love to do another. He's like, I love fucking Jackie Chan. That came out wrong. I love Jackie Chan. <laughs> uh you know, so they, we went about all that. And then Brewer was awesome, too. Like, it was funny because I was actually out in the lobby talking with the receptionist at the time. 
and my cell phone rang and I'm like, the fuck? So I answered, he goes, uh, Hey, it's Brewer. I'm supposed to do this interview. Uh, but the number I got is nobody's answering. And I, I'm like, who's this? He's like, it's Jim Brewer. I'm like, Hey man, uh, hang on. <laughs> like, so I, I, I was like, give me like three minutes to get to the studio. I hang up the phone, the receptionist, uh, Ryan, who was the receptionist at the time, he works for the city of Albany. Now Ryan looks at me, goes, who's that? I'm like, I was Jim Brewer. I'll be right back. <laughs> so I, was I like, had, um, I had a, 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 a like freak out moment like that too. When O-Town came back, I mean, okay. you know me, I love me some boy bands. Um, I had interviewed Jake of O-Town and mm -hmm. I went to see them at Mohegan Sun. They did a free show and I was supposed to meet them prior to the show. It was like, they weren't really doing a meet and greet, but he wanted me to come back and say, hey to everybody. Next thing I know, I think their manager's gonna call me. My phone rings, it's Jacob of O-Town. And like 15 year old me just kind of went, yep! like, <laughs> and my mom's standing there and she's like, what just happened? I go, that was, I mean, that was, hold on a second. I need a, I need a second. <laughs> like, like that, I was, Jacob of O-Town, he wants us to go over there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, holy shit. Um, but I'm sorry, I cut you off. You're talking about Brewer. No, that, that was kind of it. And it was kind of like, we just, we did the interview because uh, he was doing a show, I think, at like Cahoes Music Hall or something like that. And uh, he, but it was just weird because I was like, holy shit, Jim Brewer just called my cell phone. Like, I'm pretty sure I still have that number in my phone. I, the one number I don't have anymore, which bothers me, and it's probably changed because it's been a long time, is Pierre from Simple Plan. I used to have his phone uh, number. Yeah, that dude. Because, like, the first time we brought them up uh, for Park Fest. Yeah, forever oh, ago. Oh, 05. Was it 05? Oh, mm -hmm. um, the night before the show, the PD calls. What are you doing, bro? fucking sitting here man we got to be at the altamont fairgrounds at seven o'clock in the morning I'm like i'm going to bed like or he's like oh um yeah but the guys from simple plan want to go out tonight you want to drive them yep <laughs> <laughs> yes, i'm like I, okay, I guess i guess getting up at six o'clock to go help set up and fucking freeze our ass off at that show yeah I, I that was like i remember it was a torrential dane pour yeah, that, that, it was, like it just—it was horrible. I remember so it was so cold, and like we had to hold the tent down at one point. Yeah, it was windy and like forty, and I'm like, yeah. this. I'm like, what? We're doing an outdoor show. By the way, we should do this later in the year. I'm just saying, like, man. Mm. But, um, but yeah, no. So they, you know, he gives me, he gave me Pierre's number. He's like, when you get there, this is where they're staying. When you get there, call him. I'm like, what makes you think he's gonna answer my call? He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't have my number. It's not like guy from radio station is going to show up on his caller ID. Like right. So, but I called like three times, like the third time he finally picked up. I was like, hey, man, it's me. Uh, I'm out here waiting. All right, give us a couple minutes. They come out. It was like Pierre, Chuck. Not Chuck. Chuck didn't come. Uh, Jeff, the bald guy that plays guitar. A sound tech and their road manager. In the, in the ride we go, down to the radio station's live broadcast from the club that night, hanging out, drinking beers with the dudes from Simple Plan, seven o'clock the next morning, showing up at the Altamont Fairgrounds going, why the fuck did I go out last night? Oh, because I was drinking with the band that I actually, 
that I actually liked before we played. I was like that, you know, I was the, the hipster. I'm like, I liked Simple Plan before we played him on the radio. <laughs> and I remember they showed up the next day and Pierre gets out of the limo to go to their trailer, uh, with the, their Winnebago. And he was like, he looks over, he's like, D! I'm like, holy shit, he remembered me! Yay! <laughs> Do you remember the year you and I got to introduce them on stage? Yeah, what? But when was that? That was. It was a few years later. Um, and it was for the jam that happened during the summer. Okay. I guess I don't remember them being at that. It was the first one we did when. Well, uh, right. The one, yeah, when they came back. Yes. Okay. Yes. I do remember when that we, now. when they brought, when we it, brought back. it back. Yeah. Yes. And we had Simple Plan, Sum 41, douchebags, uh, yes. Metro Station, <laughs> um, Blake Natasha Lewis. Natasha Bedingfield. Yes, Blake Lewis was there. Yeah, I still keep in touch with him and Ace Young from that, yeah. from Idol. Uh, Terry, is, Terry still talks to, he, to Blake. Yeah. yeah. The one day, just kind of, he was like, here. Like, Terry's like, hey, <laughs> come here. And um, I was like, holy shit, Blake Lewis is here. I was like, what's up, man? the fuck <laughs> he's awesome like a, i love him and then we did like an interview it was like me terry and him i'm like this is the weirdest shit because we're not all on the show like me and terry aren't on the radio at the same time like we don't <laughs> do a show um but the one thing that i i definitely aside from the fact that i had a like a few drinks there and then had to go on, i was on the air that saturday night uh while the jam was still happening was you and me introduced him. I walked up to Pierre before we brought them out and I said, so you want, you want me, you want to make sure that I let everybody know you're not Metro station. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. and then I said that on the microphone. Cause I was like, Oh, by the way, they want to make sure that y'all know that they're not Metro station. And then like in unison, you and I were both like, but they are simple plan. And we brought them yeah. out. And I remember walking off the back of the stage and Pierre looks at me and goes, you're an asshole. I'm like, <laughs> I told you I was going to say that. <laughs> and he was like, fair enough. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I have a picture with, of me with him and he's like, got his arms out. Like what? Like, because <laughs> um, somebody had told me a story like uh, about that it had happened that he had had food poisoning within the last like 48 hours or something before coming to the show oh. and he had the shits <laughs> <laughs> and and they're like if you bring it up to him wait and see his reaction so i did and he was like hilarious with me <laughs> after that it was <laughs> i have the best picture with him i just i because like you i absolutely love them and they've, right. they've always had like such a a good rapport with the stations that we've worked for and um and they were just always really fun guys and <laughs> i just remember going up to him and just talking about like so i heard you had the shits and he's like what <laughs> <laughs> it was the best moment and it was all captured on on polaroid film or whatever yeah. I don't know. you know because we're old <laughs> they actually they called me that night because they were uh, they, uh who called me sebastian called me the hotline rang. I was in the studio and the hotline rings. And I'm like, I didn't even say nothing. And I was like, what the, f I can't be in trouble. Hello? So, and Sebastian has a very thick French Canadian accent. He's like, is this D? And I was like, yeah, who's this? He's like, it's Seb. I'm like, <laughs> who the, the fuck, fuck is Seb? Seb. 
I'm like, we're not cool like that, man. I don't know you. And he's like, it's Sebastian from Simple Plan. I was like, oh, what the fuck? I was like, so he was like, yeah, I just wanted to do like, so we did like a really quick impromptu interview. And they're like, um, we're going to some restaurant. I think it's a real nice Italian joint. It's called De Carlo's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a really and, nice fancy italian restaurant yeah i was like i don't think you're gonna get spaghetti they dance there and everything yeah uh turns out they weren't exactly impressed because they're from canada like canadian strip clubs and the carlos are like night and day like, <laughs> complete night and day you know because in canada you can serve alcohol and the girls are completely naked <laughs> If you're serving alcohol in New York, the girls are not completely naked. No. And it's like, and the Carlos, I believe, was just topless. So they were like, what the fuck? Like, they ended up leaving or whatever. From what I hear, I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, it was, that was funny because they did, I didn't know they were doing that shit. Like, I just got a <laughs> random phone call from Simple Plan. I'm like, are you calling to yell at me? I was like, you can't call the hotline. <laughs> so that was, I, I, they're still doing stuff too. I wish they would. They were actually, you're supposed to go on tour with the pop, pop punk is not dead tour or something like that. It's called. And it's like them and newfound glory co-headlining. Yeah. Tour. And then, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was supposed to, that was supposed to come to Boston. Cause I was going to go. And then I was like, but I don't know if I'm going to be here anymore. And then, and then <laughs> it doesn't matter because there's no, no such thing as concerts anymore. So. Nope. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that was the show I was looking at. I think they were supposed to go. Is there a hard rock in Boston? Yeah. Pretty sure that was one of their stops because I was looking at that or. Uh, Actually, it's House of Blues. House of Blues is House, Yeah, okay. It's right <clears throat> next to Fenway. And then there was a, uh, a show in the city, which I can't remember where it was supposed to be. And I was looking at the two to go because I've gotten Maddie uh, loving like Newfound Glory and Simple Plan. So I'm like, dude, if we can go, she's like, I want to see them live. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But like, I, we're not going to Japan to see them. So <laughs> uh, come on, dad. Yeah. She's come like, on. but why don't you just bring them to the radio station? I'm like, if only it was that easy. For real. Just, like, Hey guys, for, I'm like, first of all, they live in Canada. Second of all, the only time any bands come through to do shit is when they're promoting stuff. They're not just going to yeah. come say hi, because we're not major market. Like if I was, Elvis Duran. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Want to just come on the show and say hey? But I can't do that. So I was, I was looking at that, and then everything got yanked. There is, I think it's next year. There is a like a massive. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a fest. It's got. I guess you would call it. Is it the one in Chicago? I think so. My chem and like. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. That was just announced. I think like within the last week. Yep. And I'm like, there's a lot of bands on this. I'm like, can I just buy tickets to see like four of them? Because I don't want to see all of them. <laughs> um, but there was, it was a hell of a lineup, especially if you're into, if, if you're in the emo scene and or just kind of punk rock, I guess punk or rock or whatever the fuck it is. But I know Newfound Glory's on it and Simple Plan are on the, on the card bill show, whatever. <laughs> It's not a wrestling match. I don't think it's the cards. <laughs> Probably not. No. So I would like to see Good Charlotte again. Were you were you around for the fucking Apple stock debacle? Yes. Yeah. 
That's like my favorite show. I mean, so many people say it was like the worst, but that's just because it wasn't a big audience. But that that line do was it. solid. I, mean, <laughs> I know, but the I I I think it was <clears throat> the other days of it that were the big giant cluster. The day that it was just like not cover bands mm-hmm. um, with Good Charlotte and One Republic, and I can't even remember everybody that was on that bill. But it was just so it was fun. Like it was just very loose and just relaxed and fun yeah because i think even for that day there was at best like 250 to 300 people there which probably and we were at the fairgrounds so that looked in like october though that's why like was, who does a show it outside a, in october it was a nice day it was actually there was we actually lucky <laughs> it was a nice weekend yes and we did um chantel chantel was there and asher Roth. I, I remember um their name the the little brother band there burnham they were from vermont they were my favorite i freaking love them you probably don't remember them but they were the cutest kids and i don't think they're even doing music anymore but um because i think they all had to like eventually go to college uh but i remember them pulling up and the youngest one saw me from the van and I could hear him scream through the window. He's like, Marissa! <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I love them. Uh, and I'm sure nobody even is fully aware of who I'm talking about, but Burnham, if you wanna go and do a little YouTube search, cause they were super cute. I loved them. I had, uh, that day I had a blast. I mean, A, the brothers from Good Charlotte, I've always been a fan of, although I did, when, uh, when one of the times that I met them, I did a meet and greet at their show at the TU Center and they were kind of like on their we're good Charlotte shit mm-hmm. and your radio listeners. So they didn't really want to They're like, you're not really our fans. I'm like, bro, the only reason you're as famous and popular are you as you are is because of these radio like, yeah. because of these people, not not because of the people that knew you from your first album and like, you know, your little thing song and, and all the shit that you did before that so whatever but then when we saw them again especially at that point good charlotte had kind of dis you know they like they were literally just doing the uh the two brothers were touring and that was yeah it. like benji yeah. and Joel, and that's what you got and, and it was acoustic and everything it was really yeah. laid back and it was awesome because the one thing i'll never take away from them and and that was the only like foul taste that they put in my mouth because everything else I'd always had positive experiences, except for the one time that he called me Dean, but whatever. <laughs> He's like, oh, th- nice to see you again, Dean. I'm like, don't say that shit when you don't mean it, because you don't even remember my name, fucker. <laughs> um, but I, they're, they're vocally, every time I've heard them, they sound like their CDs, which I've always yeah. been impressed with. Especially like, the, I saw them at Saratoga Winners, um, for those of you, it, it was this very, shitty club that was in the capital region that burned and down. now it's trees yes <laughs> uh, mm, yes it is um but they sounded amazing there and if you're gonna like if you can sound cd quality in that little ass place it's pretty impressive they were a lot of fun asher roth was fun because we were just like hanging out at his trailer and they were just like kicking it with us and i was talking to this kid who i had no idea who he was i knew who asher roth was but there was this other guy with him and like 25 minutes later, they're up on stage and it was, it turned out to be Asher Roth's DJ, DJ Recognize. And he was on stage like killing it, like doing all his DJ shit. 
And I remember looking with, it, I was with my second wife, ex-wife. And I was like, yo, that's the dude we were just talking to. <laughs> She's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, the little nerdy looking kid. He's the fucking DJ. I'm like, there he is. And he's like, <laughs> he's like doing the tricks. And he's like, you know, uh, rolling his back on the fader, going back and forth. And then I remember Asher Roth uh, threw his shoes into the audience that day. And his girlfriend was like, well, uh, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do about shoes. Those are the only shoes he has with him. <laughs> wow. yep. Didn't think about that one when he was no. on stage. But. He actually came off stage and was like, what the fuck? I just threw my shoes. And they're like, yeah, you did. Like, well, <laughs> Yes, you did. And then it was funny because later on that night, I think this was still MySpace, maybe early Facebook or whatever. But there was pictures on social media of them at Walmart on Washington Ave Extension. <laughs> shopping. That's awesome. And they all bought orange sweatsuits. Like, so they looked, they literally looked like they were directing traffic. Orange That's sweat, awesome. Like or, orange sweatshirts, orange sweatpants. And, and he had to buy sneakers. <laughs> oh, God. So um, the one thing I do want to touch on too, especially if we get anyone that, um, listens to this that is in the in 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 the decision making fields in this mm. business. Um, you had just put out a thing that you were with, kind of like a. I don't know what it is. It's like oh, the Sun Broadcasting Group. Are you talking about that? Yes, I don't know what that is. Um, I well, uh, basically, um, actually, Terry O'Donnell is the one who hooked me up with the, the guy from that and it's they just added me to their roster and it's basically personalities on demand so you know like you track your night show somebody from any market could go ahead and be like hey i want to use marissa for middays or for nights um and i would go ahead and you know for a fee per month per station you know do whatever they need me to do and you know basically be their their host for whatever day part they're looking for Okay. Um, and it just goes through that company, that Sun Broadcast Group. So, all right. So, if you're looking for talent, if you're listening to my podcast and you're looking for talent, <laughs> I don't know. You might and you've wanna... made it this far. Um, congratulations. Yeah, and not for maybe nothing. you're drunk. <laughs> More than likely. I mean, you said. Listen, we have a drinking game that we play on this podcast for the listeners. That every time someone says "blessed," um, they have to take a. They have to, you have to take a shot if you're listening, which was my friend Matt started that because he said it like probably a dozen times when I had him on and he was like I know I've said um grateful I don't know if I said blessed earlier but I'll say it I'll say it now blessed blessed God bless you um you you said it a couple times I didn't say nothing I was like because you were like you were talking so I didn't want to interrupt you and be like wait a minute we have a drinking game (laughs) so had had um, I known earlier I would have been just throwing it out there like little easter eggs so now, but listen, if you've been, so as I was saying, if <laughs> and you've made it an hour and a half into a pot into this and you're still here, you should probably reconsider your life choices. And second of all, you should hire Marissa. You should hire me so I can feel blessed. Yes. Hashtag blessed. Take a shot, bitches. <laughs> and, and now listen, every time, like now you got to go back and listen to the podcast. And every time you, anyone says blessed, I think, I, I don't really know if I said it. Um, we got to take a shot. That, that's how it works. I mean, at this point, we've said it so much that if they weren't hammered prior, they are now. And they probably feel pretty blessed about it. So 
Thank Y'all you. are welcome. Yeah, listen, I give it up for anybody that makes it this long into any of my podcasts. <laughs> I was talking to somebody and I was like, I was like, yeah, usually, I think it was this morning when I came in. I was like, yeah, no, I was like, I do, I've done some solo podcasts. Uh, I try not to do that anymore because <laughs> like me for, it's like 15 minutes and I'm struggling. So I'm like, let's just have guests on. We should just have guests. <laughs> so we do that. And then, but then they go for like two hours, an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, Randy, I was talking to Randy earlier and he goes, holy shit, that's a long time. And I was like, yeah, I know. But a lot of times what ends up happening is I'm like, first of all, they're just conversations. And second of all, is like, it's, it's a lot of catching up and like, yeah, you know, sharing stories. So it's, it doesn't feel like it's that long. I'm like, I don't know about the people that listen. That ain't, that ain't my problem. <laughs> they, like, they've made it about 12 minutes and 37 seconds in. I don't even know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I literally, and I've said this a couple times, like everyone's like, how, how is your podcast received? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. Nobody tells me anything. I was like, I've had people on DJ Dread, Tony Platinum. Um, the, both of them got really good feedback from their episodes. I'm like, yeah, but did they listen to other shit too? Like there's 20 right. episodes. As of right now, there's in this one. Now there's 21 episodes. I'm like, there's 21 episodes of this podcast. What did they think of the other ones? Or did they only listen to him? Like, oh, they probably only listen to me. I'm like, see, no, they need to like it or shit, you know, subscribe, at least subscribe to it. But everyone that I've spoken to gets good feedback. The people that I know don't tell me nothing. <laughs> I'm like, does anybody enjoy this shit? Like, does it, seriously, does any, it's a great outlet for me. And I just keep putting them out there. And I think more time. Just keep than- doing it. Just yeah. keep doing it. Cause I mean, the, the, then you're going to get in the flow of it and then it's going to get, you know, it's going to, pick up more and more people and it's just gonna yeah but let's make let's make this be the next big thing this podcast yeah fuck yeah all right i'm all right with that (laughs) hell hell yes i yeah because listen we're losing a podcast on this for on 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 iheart the end of the year so that ain't no fun Whoa. Can you still see me? Yeah, sorry, my battery's yeah. dying. <laughs> no, you're fine. It was all of a sudden it said your name. I was like, I think I might be talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So before your phone dies, let's throw out how people can get in touch with you. Uh, if you're on Facebook, Marissa on the radio, that's the same for uh, Instagram, Marissa Radio on Twitter, uh, feelthishappy.com for the life coaching stuff. And I think that's kind of it. As long as you hit me on one of those things, uh, you know, I'm, I'm bound to uh, get your message and we can chit chat or whatever you need. There you go. I mean, not whatever you need, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I draw the line sometimes. <laughs> within reason. Okay. Listen, she's not a dispensary. Settle down. <laughs> All the potheads are like, whatever I need. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Marissa, thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, the invite, as it is for everyone, is open. You're welcome to come on whenever you'd like and uh, just talk nonsense. That's, that's hey, we got lots of stories. So whenever you yes. want me back, just let me know. <laughs> Will do. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course.